Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. You're listening to Comedy Central. Coming to you from New York City, the only city in America, it's The Daily Show. Tonight, the EPA can't EPA no more. Veronica Ivy and Moses Ingram. This is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. A jam-packed show for you tonight. Prince Charles is bawling out of control. Reparations are finally here for one black family. And the Supreme Court has learned the error of its ways and vowed to do better. Now I'm just kidding, they're gonna kill us all. So let's do this, people. Let's jump straight into today's headlines. Let's kick things off with the Supreme Court. America's got talent, but for laws and stuff. (laughs) From the moment Amy Coney Barrett was sworn in, it was only a matter of time before the Supreme Court started restoring America back to its factory settings. And in the last few weeks, they decided that church and states should get a little cozier. They decided that America's real gun problem is that there aren't enough of them. And they decided that coochies are state property. (laughs) And today, as they were closing out their term, They decided this. The big news out of the U.S. Supreme Court. The high court just handing down their final two decisions of this historic term. First, a major environmental case. The court deciding six to three in favor of sharply curbing the EPA's authority to regulate greenhouse gas emissions. This is a big setback for the Biden administration for its efforts to restrict global warming. Wait, wait, what? (laughs) The Supreme Court ruled that the Environmental Protection Agency does not have the authority to protect the environment. (laughs) So what is their job now? (laughs) Just gonna look at the environment and be like, oh shit! (laughs) All right, that was a good day at work. You guys wanna get some drinks? (laughs) And by the way, I don't know if if it's the same for you. It's always weird to me how the news in America frames some of these stories, you know? Like, this is a defeat for the Biden administration. It is a defeat for human life. control, climate change is gonna wipe us off the planet, right? And still these news anchors are gonna be underwater like, will will the rising sea levels hurt the Democrats?
Democrats are a little help the Republicans in the midterms. <laughs> and by the way, by the way, just so you understand, this ruling might not just be about the carbon emissions. A lot of experts believe the logic of today's ruling makes it harder for the government to regulate anything unless Congress specifically passes a law to do it. Because you see, right now, a lot of regulations are made by agencies, like, like the FDA, they will handle like food, you know, the, the CDC with public health, uh, the BRB with ignoring text messages. <laughs> and, and I know these agencies aren't perfect, don't get me wrong, but could you imagine if Congress had to approve like vaccines? Imagine if you had to wait for them, it would have never happened. We'd still all be locked in our houses, clapping out of our windows <laughs> because Congress couldn't convince Marjorie Taylor Greene that needles weren't actually a space alien conspiracy. <laughs> then where did they come from? <laughs> the one thing that's clear is that from environmental regulations to abortion, to guns, to school prayer, to voter rights, this is one of the most radical Supreme Courts in American history. And by the way, people agree on that from across the political spectrum. You know, Rachel Maddow is like, this is so radical. And Sean Hannity is like, this is so radical! Woo! <laughs> and they're also imposing their power on a country that for most part, for the most part, isn't on board with any of it. Right? Which is why many liberals are now calling for some major reforms, like adding more seats to the court, or imposing term limits, or setting up a trap for Brett Kavanaugh. <laughs> you never know, it might work. But let's move on. Let's move on from the people handing down the judgments to the people receiving them. This week, we saw two major sex trafficking cases come to an end. One was with R. Kelly, R&B legend, and guy we wished had stayed trapped in a closet. And the other <laughs> was Ghislaine Maxwell, windowless van in human form. And the good news is, the good news is, they're gonna have a long time to think about what they've done. Grammy-winning singer and songwriter R. Kelly has been sentenced to 30 years in prison for racketeering and sex trafficking. Kelly was convicted of running a criminal enterprise that recruited women and young girls for sex. 20 years behind bars for convicted sex trafficker Ghislaine Maxwell. The 60-year-old was found guilty of conspiring with the late financier and convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein to sexually abuse and traffic young girls. Yeah, that's right. R. Kelly is getting 30 years in prison and Ghislaine Maxwell is getting 20. And once again, we see that women are only earning two thirds of what men get. <laughs> Shame on you, America. Shame on you. She did all that work and Jeffrey Epstein, a man still got all the credit. <laughs> Not to mention she got sentenced for 20 years, but Jeffrey Epstein, he was in prison for what? A few weeks, huh? And then Hillary got him out, huh? <laughs> You know what's crazy about this? What's crazy about this thing is how everyone has a conspiracy theory about Jeffrey Epstein or who's gonna come for Ghislaine Maxwell, everyone. But what I've noticed is it depends on what people's politics is, right? Some of people, it's gonna be Donald Trump. It's gonna be Hillary that'll kill her. It's gonna be the royal family, Illuminati. <laughs> you know, I was thinking, wouldn't it be funny if everyone was right? <laughs> like what if all these powerful people were involved and then like they all bump into each other on the way to Ghislaine Maxwell's cell. <laughs> you know, this is get there, and it's like, oh my God, Crooked Hillary. <laughs> what are you doing here? Oh, were you also so embarrassing? I was gonna, oh, and the queen as well. What are you doing? It's an honor. She's like, I'm just here to protect my embarrassing son. You know what that's like, Donald? Eric is not my son. He's not my son. Don't say that, Queenie. So Ghislaine Santos sentenced 
R. Kelly sentence, and I'll tell you what, whichever prison R. Kelly is going to is getting a major upgrade. <laughs> Say what you want, that dude is gonna dominate the prison talent show. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, the guy who won last year, nobody gives a shit about your juggling act now. <laughs> In fact, whichever prison R. Kelly goes to, they better jack up the security. Because once R. Kelly sings, I don't care how much you hate him, nobody can stop. No one can stop themselves from dancing. Yeah, they'll start singing Step in the Name of Love and the gods are gonna be like, Step, 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 somebody stop him! Round and round, no! Separate and bring it back. Now let me see this. Nobody can stop. By the way, I wish they would have given us that song and taken R. Kelly with it, like the song is so good. They should have just said the song, the song did nothing. You, you could have adopted the song like a child. Well, I'll look after this song. But anyway, yeah, justice has been served. And let this be a lesson to other prominent sex traffickers. The law will catch up with you after letting you totally get away with it for like 25 years. <laughs> you watch out. You watch out, doesn't matter. Uh, Kelly, Ghislaine Maxwell, with Jeffrey Epstein, and the Prince and all of that. Oh, and speaking of the royal family, this week, this week, we found out that Prince Charles, the Queen's slightly less embarrassing son, has a very unusual way of funding his charities. Royal sources say tonight that Prince Charles will no longer personally handle large cash donations for his charities. The prince came under fire over reports he'd been handed a cash donation totaling 3 million euros. Some of it stuffed into a suitcase from a former Qatari prime minister several years ago. Clarence House, which is where Prince Charles lives, says the money was all charitable donations. Clarence House says it followed the correct processes regarding those donations. Royal officials say they dispute many of the details in that report. Yeah, so in case you're a little bit lost, it turns out after an investigation, they found that Prince Charles had received suitcases full of cash from a Qatari, right? And he was like, this is for my charity, and now says, I, I realize this was wrong and I will now no longer do it. But I, I love how they say Prince Charles will no longer accept suitcases full of cash. <laughs> like he just realized this was a shady thing to do. He's like, all right, all right, no cash in a suitcase. From now on, it's just bags of cocaine, okay? Well, not that, okay, come on, I can't do anything. Come on, come on. How are you gonna act like this is the first time you figure that, like, I don't care what it's for. Suitcase full of cash is always shady. If your grandmother gives you $5 for your birthday, but she slips it to you in a suitcase, your grandmother's up to some shit. Because <laughs> they say this was for Prince Charles's charity. My only question is, what kind of charity is it that needs to be paid in all cash? Huh? What is it? Got his headquarters in a strip club? Huh? <laughs> it's like, this money will do a lot of help uh, against poverty. Uh, in fact, here comes poverty right now. Here you go, poverty. <laughs> Shake that ass, girl. Shake it. Shake it, poverty. Shake it. And you know, this is one of those things that shows you the difference between normal people and really powerful people, right? Doesn't matter if it's Prince Charles or American politicians, African presidents, right? They just get to say, we made an error in judgment, and so we're gonna use this money to spend some time in central pay thinking about what we've done. <laughs> we're so sorry. But as a regular person, if the government finds you with a suitcase full of cash from anywhere, anywhere, no apologizing, probably gonna end up with a front row seat to one of those R. Kelly prison concerts. That's where you'll be. Side to side, step by side. Don't play around. Okay, finally. 
let's move on. Let's move on to a good story about people getting tons of money. Now, many people may or may not know this, but there was a time in America where black people had their rights and property taken away from them. And it was a period known as all of human history. <laughs> and that may seem as a shock for many of you to hear, especially if you go to school in Florida, but it is true. <laughs> and unfortunately, most black people who lost their land have had no way to find justice. But after nearly 100 years, one family in Manhattan Beach, California is finally getting a little of what they deserve. Uh, prime Southern California beachfront property is being returned to its rightful and original owners more than 100 years after officials actually took this land from a black family. L.A. County leaders voted to give it back to the descendants. The property was originally bought in 1912. The original owners turned it into a resort for black families since they were barred from many of the beaches. White neighbors soon targeted that property with racist threats and harassment. The city eventually seized the property in 1929, claiming eminent domain. Well, now the county is going to lease the land back to the current heirs and then give them the option to sell it for themselves down the road. The Bruce family originally bought that land for just over $1,200. Now it's worth about $20 million. Yeah. That's right. That is amazing. That is amazing. Long time coming, too. The government is giving these people back their land. Although that's just proof that climate change is real. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, the government is like, you know what? The oceanfront property can go back to the black people. Here, take it, take it, take it, take it. You're like, why? Ah, don't worry, don't worry, take it. No, 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 but for real, for real. This is great news. It's great news for that family, great news for justice. And it's especially exciting because now there's a black beach. Yeah, yeah, because I've seen white beaches. They've got people surfing, playing volleyball, sunbathing, you know, but this is gonna be a black beach. And you know what that's gonna be like? It's gonna have people surfing, playing volleyball, sunbathing. What did you think I was gonna say, huh? You thought it was gonna be different because of black, you racist! Every one of you thought something, you racist! Well, you thought a black beach was gonna have drive-bys, huh? And people yelling at the movie screen, educate yourself! I like to relay racism traps just to see who comes out. Anyway, <laughs> this, is the thing, this is the thing people don't seem to realize, right, with the story. The property is now worth $20 million. It was bought for 1,200 back in like the 1920s. And that's what people don't get, is how black Americans have been held back, right? People always say, people always say, oh, come on, can't we move on in this country? That was a long time ago. Yeah, exactly. And in that time, black Americans could have built wealth. That's what the whole point is, it's time. You see this all, over America, all over the United States. You see this. I mean, look at New York. People are living in brownstones that are worth $20 million because their great-grandparents bought it for like three chickens. That's money now, <laughs> right? You can use that as leverage. You can get student loans. You can buy other things. That's money. And it shows you how powerful generational wealth is. If it is taken away from you, it can cripple your family forever. Yeah. It's like how anything that happened generations ago can still affect you today. Yeah. Like if your great-grandfather spent like your entire family savings and, and, and bought Coca-Cola stock back in 1920, you're set for life. But if your great-grandfather bought RC Cola stock back in the 1920s, <laughs> well, that's probably why you're working two jobs, you know? <laughs> and it's like, we talk so much about systemic problems, but generational wealth is a systemic solution. So people don't see. You want this to happen. You want society 
You want society to give everyone a chance to build on generations of success so that eventually families of all races can come together to avoid paying a state tax together. <laughs> it's powerful, it's inspirational. All right, that's it for the headlines. But before we go to a quick break, let's check in on the stock market with our finance expert, Michael Costa, everybody. <laughs> Good to see you, Michael. I know, I know it's been crazy. What, what is happening in the market today, man? Well, you know, I am crushing the market. I mean, I, I am, seriously. Even when I lose money, I make money, all right? So, uh, and I got a hot tip for you, and I got a hot tip for you, all right? So pay attention. Uh, look, this is the last day of second quarter trading, and yeah. this is a bad quarter, okay? <laughs> I haven't seen a quarter this bad since my dog swallowed a quarter, okay? And... <laughs> I was at the bodega, I was 25 cents short for a bag of chips, so I just had to wait for him to shit it out, okay? <laughs> what can I say, I love Cool Ranch Doritos, okay? But Trevor, look, look, look. Thanks for clapping at that. Look, this, this is a brutal chart. I mean, this looks like the flight pattern of three pigeons on ayahuasca, okay? Now, nobody got hit harder than Bed Bath & Beyond, okay? Take a look at this chart right here. This. This looks like one of their deflating air mattresses that they sell. I mean, it starts out pretty good, then you sit on it the first time and shh, you know. The problem with Bed Bath & Beyond is they didn't adjust their business model. They say they're a home goods store. Nobody can afford to buy a home anymore, am I right? You know, yeah. Now, oh. That story about the black family getting their beach back. Yeah, that's an amazing story. I, I love that story. I mean, that is, as a white man, I support that story. You yeah. Know? I'm serious. They were there first. They, they owned it, you know? Now, it does bring up a question that I have for the black community, okay? Does that mean that you're going to give us back the NBA? <laughs> or, or the NFL? Or... or or The Daily Show? <laughs> I, <laughs> I promise you a hot tip, all right? The stock market's trash. Throw your money in a suitcase. I'm Michael Cost. This is probably my last day. Thank Michael you very Costa, much. Michael Cost, everybody. All right, when we come back, we're going to be discussing whether transgender athletes should be allowed to compete in sports. So don't go away. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. 
So Pride Month is coming to an end today, but that doesn't mean the conversations around gay and trans rights need to stop until next year. So to keep the conversation going on our end, I wanna introduce Veronica Ivey. She's a transgender rights activist who is the first out trans woman to win a track cycling world championship. Please welcome Veronica Ivey. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So, I'm gonna say from the top, because I've noticed this happens in every conversation. Every time you bring up trans rights, or if you have a discussion and you say trans, people tense up. I understand why. We live in a world where now there are people who are so transphobic that it makes it almost impossible for people who aren't to ask any questions, to have any conversations, to have any discourse that doesn't lump them in with transphobia. And so I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that you're joining us on the show to talk about this because it feels like one of the biggest issues in America yeah. and yet no one can seem to talk about it. So let's start with your journey. Um, you've competed at some of the highest levels yeah. uh, in sports. And you know, as your hoodie says, sport is a human right. That, that, is, yeah. that is what you believe in. Talk me through. Just a little bit of, of, of why you believe fighting for transgender athletes to compete in the categories they'd like to in sport is so important. So it's a fundamental tenet of like the Olympic movement that sport is a human right. So in their Olympic charter, in their fourth fundamental principle of Olympism, they say participation in sport is a human right. And they mean that at the competitive level. Mm -hmm. So th this issue, people like to say that it's a complicated issue and I don't actually think it is. I think it's very simple. It all boils down to do you actually think that trans women and intersex women are real women and are really female mm -hmm. or not? And if you do, it's very simple. Just stop policing who counts as a real woman because this has had history of racism built into it over the years. It's not an accident that the intersex athletes who get singled out are women of color from the global south because who gets singled out for scrutiny is based on white women's conceptions of femininity. And that's being weaponized against trans people too. So it's a fear of protecting the fragile, weak, cis, white woman from the rest of us. So, so there are many elements to what you said, which I appreciate. So let, let's try to break them down. One thing that confuses me personally is it, it, it seems like we have discussions about who should participate in which category and how. You know, on the face of it, it seems simple as you say. You know, if somebody identifies as a woman, if they're transgender, they can compete against women who were born biologically, and, and then if not, then not. But then there are many who would argue who are not transphobes. There are many who, who are born biologically women who will say, but you have an unnatural advantage over me and that makes the sport unfair. How do, you, how do you respond to that? Yeah, there's lots of ways you can respond to that. So the first is the, the very language of you were born and I'm not biological somehow, like I don't think I'm a cyborg. So like this idea that like, oh, you're not a biological woman. Well, I am a woman, that's a fact. I am female, so all my identity records, my racing license, my medical records all say female, mm -hmm. right? And I'm pretty sure I made a biological stuff. So I'm a biological female mm -hmm. as well. So this question of do trans women have an advantage over cis women? We don't know. Um, in fact, there's basically no published research on this question. However, uh, there's good reason to think that there isn't, but I think it's irrelevant because we allow 
all kinds of competitive advantages within women's sport. So one example I love to talk about is the 2016 Rio Olympic women's high jump final. First place was over six foot three. Tenth place was five foot five. So a 10 and a half inch height difference between first and 10th at the Olympics okay. in high jump. Right. And we call that fair. Okay. So the range of body types within the female category is way, way bigger than anything that could be attributed to trans women. Uh -huh. So if there's an advantage, and I'm not saying that there is for trans women in women's sport, it's not an unfair advantage. But also we've been competing, at, trying to compete at the highest level for decades. We've been allowed to compete for decades and no one has won an elite world championship no one has won an Olympic gold medal. This Tokyo Olympics was the first time trans women even qualified for the Olympics. Mm -hmm. So this idea that trans women are suddenly gonna take over women's sport is an irrational fear of trans women, which is the dictionary definition of transphobia. So uh, it's interesting that you say that, you know, because, it's interesting that you say that because I think if, if I were to push back or, you know, even not even playing devil's advocates, uh, there, were, there are a few things that could be argued. Number one, you could argue that although the trans woman who competed in the Olympics didn't dominate, she did beat a field of women who might have qualified for that position, right? Um, secondly, when you talk about the height differences, I, I agree with this completely, but there, there are many who would argue that we exist in a state where a lot of the surgeries are new, a lot of the technology, just the technology is new. Transgenderism is not new. We know it throughout time, we've seen it throughout history. But there are many who would say, how do we ensure that we are creating some sort of standard? And the reason, the reason we talk to this, is, you know, we talk about this is, it's the reason they have to regulate, uh, regulate uh, performance enhancing drugs, for instance. What is fair? What can you drink? What can you not drink? What can you consume? What can you not consume? Um, some would say, if you are born that way, that's how sport has determined who goes where. And then some would say, no, who, regardless of who you are, you should be able to compete. My question then comes in from a really, honestly, a different place. I look at somebody like Oscar Pistorius from South Africa, right? He was the double amputee. Yep. And Oscar Pistorius actually went, well, I want to compete in the able-bodied race, mm -hmm. right? And people were like, well, did you have an advantage? Do you not, et cetera, et cetera, because of the prosthetics. But, then could there not be an argument if there is no advantage in that, that then trans women should be able to compete, but in the men's races then, because they'd still be able to compete in the sport. But they're women and they're female. So like I said, this boils down to, are trans women really women? Are they really female? Because if you think yes, then we belong competing with other women. So it's an extreme indignity to say, I believe you're a woman except for sport. Right? So mm -hmm. you can't single out one of the most important facets of our society. We are obsessed with sport. Athletes are some of the most highly praised, highly paid people on the planet. Definitely. Definitely. So you can't say that like, I believe you and I support you, but not for this one really big thing that society really cares about. Right, and I'm, 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 I'm saying I get confused by why we distill it down into just two things. I'll tell you why. As we learn about gender being a spectrum, as we learn that people can identify in, in a multitude of ways, we accept the fact that we don't have to put people into categories of man or woman. 
You know, we, that's why they say protect trans women. It's like, otherwise, which women are you protecting? It's, 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 it's an argument that doesn't separate or diminish anybody, but gives more specificity to what people are saying. And so when we talk about these things, I sometimes get confused by why we're trying to force the people into two again, when we've been taught that there isn't a two, whereas a sport like, let's say boxing, for instance. In boxing, people fight across all weight categories. Mm -hmm. They don't just go men's boxing, women's boxing. They go, no, men, heavyweight, super heavyweight, and then they'll be like middleweight, bantamweight, flyweight, featherweight. There's like guys who weigh nothing punching each other. <laughs> and, and I mean this genuinely, I've always thought to myself, it's interesting how in boxing they went, well, we don't just wanna see guys fighting. We wanna see guys fighting at different weights. The UFC does the same thing. They go, you're gonna fight in your weight class, which has, it seems crazy. How can you break it down? And yet it's worked. And so I wonder if you've ever considered, and I'm not saying it's your job, by the way, but if you've ever considered a world- It kind of literally is. Oh, then great. <laughs> Have you ever considered a world where it becomes more specific then? You know, the same thing they did in the Paralympics. They, they had to find a way where they classified how a single amputee could run against somebody who's partially blind or a double amputee. And how do, how do we grade that? So, do you not think that we're limiting ourselves by saying men's sports, women's sports, when we now know that there are so many more genders? So I'm really gonna just satisfy you right now. Um, well, you don't know what I'm looking for though, so you can't. I do. I, I know you're looking for something other than what I'm gonna say, and that, that is a very important question uh -huh. and a very difficult question, but it's a separate question. The question we're talking about is, given how sport is currently structured, mm -hmm should we include trans women and intersex women in women's sport? And my answer to that is a clear yes. If you wanna say, should we revisit how we structure all of sport? I would say, yeah, we should do that. But if your only reason for doing that is because you can't just accept trans women or women, that's a problem I got with you. I understand, and I'm not saying it's not with you people personally. can't. No, no, I hear what you're saying. No, I, com I, completely, I completely hear what you're saying. So let me ask you this then, you know, Again, eliminating fringes, because everything on the internet becomes fringe. Everything becomes a fight and an argument. If somebody comes to you in good faith, and I mean genuinely good faith, and they say to you, you know, Veronica, I was born a woman, raised a woman. I, I, I've, I've suffered or, or lived and experienced life as a woman. This is where I am. This is where my body has gotten me to. I've grown as a woman. My body has had the testosterone or estrogen that it had to get me to this point, and that's why I am here. And I feel like you may or may not have the advantage, but we don't know yet. So why can't we wait to know these things before you compete against me? How would you respond to that? Because that's not how human rights work. So the way human rights work is that the default is inclusion and the burden of proof is on the people seeking to exclude, not the people seeking to include. So I wanna share something shocking with everybody. Uh, it wasn't until five years ago that we actually studied the relationship between natural testosterone and performance. And we found that there's no relationship whatsoever between unaltered natural endogenous testosterone and sport performance. About 0.5% of elite male track and field athletes at the world championship level are below the women's average of testosterone competing with men with 80 to 100 times as much testosterone at no competitive disadvantage. And that fact has not been picked up by the broader media landscape. So when you say I'm a woman and I have this much testosterone, well, first, there's a huge range within women. Definitely. Into the male range. And 
there is no relationship between her having a competitive advantage over women with lower testosterone. So there are elite cis men with low testosterone, lower than a given woman, who's out-competing her. Mm -hmm. So our bodies and biology is not this simple. We thought it was, and it isn't. So we know that when you add testosterone to your natural levels, like doping, you tend to get bigger, stronger, faster. We also know that when you drop your testosterone levels, like trans women tend to do, mm -hmm. you tend to get slower. But what your natural level is has no relationship to your sport performance. And we've been singling out that factor, testosterone, against the scientific evidence. But I, I'm a little confused, and forgive me if I'm slow to understand this. You just said the natural level doesn't give you an advantage or a disadvantage, but you said if people do have an addition or a subtraction of it, then it does give you a disadvantage or an advantage. Well, it, it affects things. So for example, like my body doesn't produce testosterone, and it hasn't for a decade, but I switch sports from a road cycling event to a, a track power event, mm -hmm. and I switch training, and I put on 25 pounds of muscle, and I went from being able to squat 170 to 375. So I don't produce any testosterone, and I squat a lot. And that's just because I changed training. Mm -hmm. So it's not so simple as, okay, if you drop your testosterone, you will get weaker. Because if you change your training, your diet, your rest and recovery, your sport, your performance can change. Your body will change. It seems like we're always gonna end up in a cul-de-sac because many people use it as a cudgel, I've realized, to scare people. Oh, the transgenders are coming for you, your bathrooms, your sports, oh, we are. everything. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful what you say. Um, but, but it feels like there are many discussions to be had. It feels like, as you said, you know, the, the, the research, the science, the everything hasn't caught up, but I, I appreciate you for coming on the show and discussing this with us. Thank you so much for joining me. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with one of the stars of Obi-Wan Kenobi, Morgan Singer, right after this. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Nominated actor, you know from the hit show Queen's Gambit. She is now part of the legendary Star Wars franchise, starring in the Disney Plus miniseries Obi-Wan Kenobi. Please welcome Moses Ingram. 
Joseph Ingram, welcome so to The Daily sure. Show. Thank you. You're going through an amazing, amazing period. Queen's Gambit, now Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. You, you, you have one of the most interesting IMDB pages because you graduated mm -hmm. in 2019. I did. And then it's just been hit, hit, hit. Yeah. It's crazy. What's the secret? is a secret but there are still bad days okay like like early on I had this really bad audition and I tried to put myself into my trunk do you ever have like bad days where you're like trying where you put yourself into your trunk yeah well no not days where you put yourself into your okay, trunk. okay but you just need to know where everything is like you need a really small space I've heard people talk about this but I've never so I uh, once I was out with a friend we we're in a park for a very long yeah. time and then he said I, I, can we go back to the hotel? I would like to lie in a bathtub. Exactly. And I was like, and I was like you want to take thing. a bath? And he said, no, I just want to be in a small space. And I was like, oh, this is the craziest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> but now I'll tell him that I met someone else. The trunk of my car, yeah, I tried. Do you close it? or? Do you... Well, so it's a, it was a hatchback at the time. And so okay. regular cars, you can like pull the latch. Right. But I ended up looking stupid because you can't pull a hatchback. So you're just like. I love the idea that somebody was watching this happening. And then they call 911 and they go, hi, I think someone's kidnapping themselves. <laughs> I don't know what to do with this. You, but but it, it has been, it really has been a, an amazing journey. You know, everyone who joins the Star Wars franchise says it's just, it's, it's a galaxy that is really yeah. wild. Some of, the, some of the, the most loyal fans, you know, you're part of yeah. this giant franchise. When you knew you were gonna be a part of it, you must have been excited, but then I heard that you had never watched any of the Star Wars movies. No, I hadn't. How? No, no, I have now. I have now. Yeah, but how? I just want to know how. I'm not even judging you. I just want to know how. I, I don't know. I guess I just didn't come from a family who did. I knew who they were. I knew Darth Vader. I knew Obi-Wan, but I didn't, I didn't see any. None of them? None okay, of now that you've seen, do you have a favorite? Like, which one? Um, probably Revenge of the Sith. Okay, okay, yeah. I like this, I That's like this. It's a good one. A good All right, one. this is yeah. good, this is good. I thought you were gonna be like, Jar Jar Binks was my favorite, and I'll be like, we have a, <laughs> we have a fight. Um, I love that you, you've just joined the franchise, and yeah. already you're making an impact. We saw in that clip, and you see in, if you watch the show, uh, your character's hair is almost part of her. You yeah. know, it's, it's, it's like, it looks futuristic. Obviously, you know, black people are like, well, that's hair, we know it. <laughs> but it looks cool, it looks futuristic. You actually influenced that hair decision because originally the character was supposed to have like just straight hair, right? Yeah, it originally like there was a wig and it was like doing a thing, but it's a real testament to our director, Deborah Chow, who really welcomed me into the process of making her who she would be. Mm -hmm. um, and hair was really important to me. Like if a kid wanted to be me for Halloween, it would be weird to me if they had to wear a wig because I wore a wig when I have hair like them. Right, you know? right. And so you got the hair done. I love that. I like that. This is something I've always wanted to know mm -hmm. from somebody in the Star Wars universe, because they put the sound effects in afterwards. Mm -hmm. So when, when you're fighting, with, do you make the sound? Because I make the sound. <laughs> no, I can't do it without, like, I'll go <laughs> do, you, do you, does somebody do it for you guys? Yeah, I make the sound, but actually in rehearsal now, they have these really cool ones that make the sound when you swing. No ways. They do. It's like, on Amazon, you can get it on Amazon. I can get it on Amazon? <laughs> I can buy a lightsaber that makes the sound. Yes, you can. Like, actually, it mustn't do it when I'm not swinging, then I look stupid. No, no, like, I woo, mean, woo, 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 it's woo. sensitive though, so you don't want to just like, and then, okay. if you don't mean to. Okay, don't woo if you don't mean exactly. to. Exactly. How long do you have to train for those fight scenes? Oh, we train for about 
four months, nine in total if you count while we were shooting. So it was a, it was a process. So if you got into a fight in the streets <laughs> and there was like a lightsaber-ish type <laughs> object, you'd, you'd, you'd kick some ass. I think I do okay. <laughs> Can I tell you, Moses, you are amazing. Thank you so much for being on the show. Congratulations Thank on you. Star Wars. Queen's Gambit, The Dark Fantasy. All episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi are available on Disney+. Plus. Moses Ingram, everybody. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. Thank you very much. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. All right, everybody. Well, that's our show for tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. Before we go, before we go, if you or someone you know needs help accessing abortion care, please go to abortionfinder.org or call the National Abortion Hotline at the number below. You still have options. Until next time, stay safe out there. And remember, if somebody hands you a suitcase full of cash, (laughs) take that shit and run. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.